Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are locked on Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBS Sports.com network. And the NFL season is over with the New England Patriots stunning the Atlanta Falcons 34 to 28 in overtime, the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. The Patriots are down 21 to 3 at halftime and 28 to 3 midway through the third quarter. And to join me to talk about the game is my Packer Report colleague, Keith Rordink. All right, Keith. I don't know else how to say it besides, holy crap, what a game. And, and Bill, we're, we're, uh, we're toning it down for our fans by saying crap because that is, that is not what we just said before we started recording. That was, uh, that was crazy. You know, I, it wasn't, it didn't feel like I was watching probably the greatest Super Bowl of all time until the very end where you're just, you honestly, you can't believe what you're watching. You know, I had, you know, my wife's telling me, oh, it's a blowout. You know, don't, you know, don't make the kids stay up to watch this. They have school in the morning. And it's just, and it, it, it did. It, I mean, for, it just what a, I mean, I guess it's, it's everything you love about football because it's really never over till it's over. But I, I'm hard pressed to think of a game, Bill, that I, I thought I was seeing such a physical mismatch in the first half where, where literally it, it wasn't even that the Falcons jumped out to a big lead. It was just that it, it seemed to confirm that offensively the Patriots weren't going to be able to match up and defensively Atlanta was just going to be in Brady's face all day. And my gosh, what a, what a turnaround. It's just, I, I, I didn't see it coming. It might be the greatest ending of all time. It was a horrible game for the first, what, 40 minutes? 35 minutes of game action, it was just, it was horrendous. I mean, Atlanta was just kicking their tails up and down the field. And, you know, we're, we're talking before we started here, it's 21-3 at halftime, that's bad enough. Then New England gets the gets a three now, so they get the, they get a chance to maybe make a game out of it. Instead, they go they go three plays, minus two yards, and punt it right back. And at that point, I'm thinking, now it's over. Shows what I know. Oh, yeah, well. I mean, so so in the early going of the game, I mean, again, and, and it wasn't it wasn't the Julio Jones show that maybe we thought we were going to see starting off. But I mean, it, it just speaks to to the Atlanta offense that they were able to run the ball. I mean, what what Devonta Freeman and, and Kevin Coleman were doing on the ground, ripping off those huge gains. You know, you've got Taylor Gabriel getting involved, and you, you, again, just offensively. It looked like, okay, you know what? You want to take away Julio Jones, that's fine. We've got other guys, and we can run the ball. And when you come up and decide that you need to stop the run, then we're just going to play action you. Then they get the, the pick six from Alford, and you're like, oh, well, it's, it's done now. And, I mean, and, and conversely, the Falcons' defense, I mean, you know, what's the, what's the blueprint on beating Brady? I mean, you know, get inside pressure, hit that A gap, get in his face, hit him, 
sack him, knock him down after he throws. I mean, they were doing all of that. Uh, Deion Jones, the rookie linebacker, was just everywhere. And you had, uh, what was his name, Grady, Grady Jarrett tying, uh, you know, Reggie White and, and, you know, Coney Ealy and a couple other guys with three sacks. And uh, it's just, what a, what a turnaround. I mean, clearly never count Brady out. And, you know, so I, I said it to you when, when we first started talking. To me, Brady, I already had Brady as the greatest of all time, but it's regardless of what happened today, but my gosh, this game, this game should have raced out for, for anybody. Unless you count Bart Starr. Bart, Bart won five. Bart, he won five in, what, seven years? Is that right? So, yeah, yeah. But I realize it's a, it's a whole other era. Um, it's the, you know it's a league. The league is smaller. You know you're you're playing championship games rather than than three playoff games and the Super Bowls against the, the an inferior inferior conference. So I and I don't know. I have no idea how you compare Tom Brady to Bart Starr. But Bart did win five, and and sort of Brady. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how you how, I don't know how you weigh that, but. I think I, I just I just don't want people. I, I know our listeners wouldn't forget about it, but I, don't, I hope people nationally just don't forget about Bart Starr in this conversation. You know, I, I if anything, I think I think the five championship thing. You make a good point, Bill. I think that's that's probably going to be a topic of conversation this week as people, you know, talk about him being the greatest of all time. And, and again, yeah, it's different eras. The Super Bowl didn't exist, but you know, a championship is a championship, and, and you definitely. You can't discount it, and, and you and I, you know, we didn't see Bart Starr play with our own eyes. We've certainly seen, you know, a lot of footage, and, and what he did was impressive, and he still, you know, he still has some records that hold up today, that hold up, you know, throughout the history of, of the NFL and, and the history of the Super Bowl and, and championships, and it's just, you know, I, I watch Brady, though, and it's, it, for me, you know, it's not... It, it's just a culmination of everything. It's the it's the championships. It's the the fifty touchdown season, which is actually one of the years they lost the Super Bowl. Um, but but I think for me, it's always been what he does with the guys around him. I mean, Gronkowski isn't even in this game, right? He is doing this with guys that literally have been cut two and three times from other teams. He's doing it with. You know, Julian Edelman, who, you know, probably made a catch that is, is up there with David Tyree. You know, that, that bobbling catch, which actually, of all people, bounced off of Alfred's leg, the guy that had the pick six for the Falcons. Bounces off of his leg is one of, you know, three Falcons defenders, all of whom had a shot at intercepting this pass. Edelman somehow bobbles it off his leg, off of Alfred's leg, and catches it. It's, it, it was ridiculous, but, you know, you look at the guys that Brady plays with, and, and really go back and look at the rosters during any of his championships. But there's there's not a you know, and again, I, I I love Joe Montana. I never thought I'd rank a quarterback ahead of him. But I mean, you look at the guys Montana played with, from you know Roger Craig to Jerry right. Rice to John Taylor to you know Brent Jones to the guys on the offensive line, you know to Ronnie Lott and some of those guys on defense. I mean, look at look at Brady's team again. Guys that have been cut two and three times from other teams. You know, McGarrett went in the backfield. James White out of Wisconsin who yep. had a phenomenal game. But I mean, look at his receivers: Edelman, uh, Hogan, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, the, the rookie from Georgia. 
Georgia, who, you know, came on after Braun went out. And, and I mean, I think, you know, I'd, I'd have to look at the stats, but I want to say he had maybe six catches tonight, and I think four were for first down. So, I mean, just, just these guys that, you know, would, would these guys even, you know, be in the league, or would you even know their name if they were on another team with a different quarterback? It's a great point. Um, White had 14 catches, 110 yards, and you know I, I think if, if you're if you're the Packers and you're looking for a guy, if, if, if you want to emulate the Patriots, I think maybe that's how you emulate the Patriots, and you've got the Bruiser and uh, and Blunt, and maybe that's your Eddie Lacy, and then you have Ty Montgomery in that White role. Maybe maybe that's the way to go. But you're right. I mean, I mean who 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 in the world's gonna make feel a team with Danny Amendola? Was it Malcolm oh, yeah. Mitchell? I have no idea who that is. Julian Edelman. Uh, was it Hulk Hogan? Chris Hogan? No idea. But I mean, those are those are the receivers. I mean, you're that's a great point. What's that? I said Ben Hogan. We don't Ben Hogan. Yes, it's Ben Hogan with a three-one. But you're right. These are nobodies. And Tom Brady in a Super Bowl with a bunch of nobodies for 466 yards tonight. And that's and that's where I guess you have to give the the, the nod to to Brady here over over starting everybody else. I mean, it's just it's just the revolving door of of guys that he's won with over the years. You, you mentioned the fifty yard fifty touchdown season. That's you that didn't win. It's, it's when New England has a bunch of to use a pro wrestling term, a bunch of ham and eggers. I remember that was some wrestling term when I was a kid. I, I didn't even know what it meant, but, I just, but it was just a bunch of guys out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at over the cap as I as I talk to. You, the Packers spent the most money on their wide receivers this year. Actually, no, that's 20-something, excuse me. They spent the sixth most amount of money on receivers this year, and New England is down you know, in, in the bottom quarter. And that's the kind of guys that Brady wins with. It's just a, a bunch of nobodies. It's, and I, I, don't, I have no idea how Belichick does what he does. I, I wish, I, I suppose it'll be a great book someday on, on the Belichick way and, and how he's done this, but... When you when you're getting demolished at halftime and your offense looks like on paper it really shouldn't have any chance of coming back to win to come back to win it's it's uh, the the ultimate win from these guys I think it it really is and, and I I'm I I wish I could remember the source to cite this is uh I'm I'm not uh, so clever as to come up with this but I, I I've repeated the phrase that Belichick is playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers I mean he just you know, from a from a strategic standpoint, from a motivation standpoint, from a 
you know, preparing guys' standpoint from just a, you know, getting guys in this, in this mindset, this championship mindset, I don't think anyone does it better. And, you know, sure, people hate Belichick. And, you know, I, I, I still scoff at the flight gate as, as being, you know, kind of debunked by actual scientists that could care less about the ongoings of the NFL. I mean, they've put footballs in the refrigerator and taken them out and, and proven that natural gas law. But, you know, but you can go back to Spygate. And, right. You know, you can go to a lot of different things. And, you know, Belichick seems like that guy who he'd be better than you anyways, but he's still always looking for an edge or maybe a way to stick it to you or a way to kind of skirt the rules simply because he sees the opportunity. And I, and I personally, I felt like that's why people don't like him. But again, I don't think you can deny it. And I think the people that say, well, you know, Belichick's only great because of Brady or Brady's only great because of Belichick. Well, yes. It's like Star Lombardi, right? Yeah. I mean, it's Star Lombardi. It's Bill Walsh, Joe Montana. It's, it's Mike Holmgren, Brett Favre. And I mean, yeah, gosh, we, we wish there were that many championships, but you know, it's, it's Chuck Noll with the Steelers. I mean, it's, you know, of course there's a relationship, you know, where a coach brings out the best in a quarterback and a quarterback rewards the, you know, the, the decision-making of a coach. But I mean, I, I, I hardly see that as a, as a knock on, on Brady or Belichick individually that they, they both succeeded together. I, I feel, I've always felt like that's kind of a, kind of a silly, uh, silly argument by people. Let's go to the other side here. If you're the Falcons, how sick are you right now? I mean, not only do you have the game one, but Julio Jones makes that great catch. Oh, my God. Two so, Yeah, so I'm, I, here I'm thinking. I like toe-tapping catches. Yeah, late in the game, I'm thinking that is the equivalent of the, of the Aaron Rodgers pass to Greg Jennings in Super Bowl yeah. 45 that essentially wrapped up the game and they put you know, put together a long draft after, the, after that and, and clinched the game. I'm thinking that's the equivalent right there because now Atlanta wins the game. And then Matt Ryan, who I've, who've also, I mean, you know, is Matty Ice. You know, I've, I've always derisively called him Matty Slush because I, I don't buy it. And then Matty Ice turns into Matty Slush and takes a sack, a horrible sack, and then it's a holding penalty, and they're out of field range, and that's that. If he just gets that ball out of his hands, and, and I mean, he, he had a guy on him. I mean, that's a, that's a tough play to throw it away, especially when he, had been hit and, and fumbled. I, I understand where maybe he doesn't want to try and, you know, bring his arm up and, and flick that ball. But, yeah, I mean, there's so many plays where you thought, this is what won it for Atlanta. You know, again, whether it's, you know, the, the toe-tapping grabs by Julio Jones or, or the big runs by Devonta Freeman or, I mean, you know, Austin Hooper, their tight end of all people catching a touchdown or, or the pick six, or like I said, Grady Jarrett tying a Super Bowl record, or, you know, the, the plays Deion Jones was making earlier. There were so many plays where you're like, well, okay, yeah, this is, you know, this is Atlanta's highlight right here. And it just, I mean, my, my God, it just, it, it, it just, you know, faded into nothing. It's, it's stunning. And, and again, you, you know, it's the, it's the two sides of the coin. You've got New England who had the, you know, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history by, you know, a factor of two and a half. But the flip side is that the Falcons had the greatest collapse in Super Bowl history. And I mean, you know, Bill, we've, we've talked about 
that loss to the loss by the Packers to Seattle being that's a the great point. Packer history and, and and really probably one of the you know one of the biggest losses in NFL playoff history. You know, probably up there with you know the uh, the Bills beating the Houston Oilers back in gosh what you know ninety three ninety three you know what what eighty nine ninety somewhere like that. I mean when you when you talk about a collapse in the playoffs, but yeah, I mean I don't. God, just just crushing, just absolutely crushing for Atlanta to lose that. It's it's crazy, and you know their head coach Dan Quinn, of course, defensive coordinator. You know for the Seahawks when Devin McCourty, you know, plants his foot and in, in, in makes that interception at the goal line. So, man, he's just that guy's got to just be ripped up inside. They beat the 1992 playoffs, by the way, on, on Bills Oilers. Thank God for the thank God for the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, nice. See, I was doing that on memory, Bill. That's why well, you're better than I am. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say I'm quarterback he, for the Bills. That's right, Frank Reich. Um, yeah, I, I you know I, I still think Green Bay lost that championship game. I, I just think New England won tonight. But geez, Atlanta's Atlanta's last four drives: punt, fumble, punt, punt. Yikes. And look, you know, look, you look at the final stats. Ninety, the Patriots ran ninety-three plays. Atlanta forty-six. They doubled them up. I mean, I didn't realize a, a yeah. pick, a pick six plays, plays a role in that. But ninety-three to forty-six on total plays. Yeah, and, and you, man, you just don't, you don't see that kind of discrepancy in a game. And, and really, that's kind of how it was trending, even through the first half. Atlanta just, and I mean, I guess. When they're up twenty-one to three, and then when they're up, you know, twenty-eight to three, you're kind of looking at that stat, and you're thinking, well, okay, they're just they're just very efficient. They're getting, you know, big plays and big chunks, and you know, but you look at it at the end, and, and you're like, well, all right, you know, New England was just that that little engine that could, that didn't give up, and just kept chipping away and chipping away, and and really, you know, New England didn't have any any big. I, I mean, the Edelman catch aside. There was no, there was no big, huge plays. Whereas Atlanta was really kind of eating up these big chunks of yardage. So, you know, I think the way New England came back, just chipping away and chipping away, it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a credit to them, and it's it's just, you know, we're we're sitting here talking. It hasn't even been an hour since the game ended, and, and I think it's still it's still kind of sinking in. It's still stunning and. You know, I'll, I'll say this, when they came back out of halftime and they put up a stat that said it had been an hour and eight minutes of real time. Great stat. Falcon offense was on the field. I looked at my sons and I said, that's not good. I said, you don't want to, I said, any momentum they had, I said, you're, you're kind of starting over. I said, you, you've got the memory of that success you've had. You have the scoreboard. I said, but that, but that feeling, that drive, that, that excitement and intensity, I'm like, you're, you're sort of starting from scratch with that, and, and I mean, they just they never look the same. Atlanta went one out of eight on third down, which is unbelievable. I mean, after, after watching that Packers-Falcons game a couple weeks ago, it's hard to believe that that offense can go one out of eight on third down. And then, you know, I, and I realize this, this has a lot to do with the amount of plays that you ran, but how do they throw only four passes to Julio Jones? They threw six to Austin Hooper, five to Taylor Gabriel, four to Julio Jones. Probably should they should probably throw that guy more? Yeah, you know, and and it's 
having only the benefit of the of the TV angle, you know, I, I can only assume that there was, you know, I don't know if it was bracket coverage or if they just, you know, kind of figured we're going to let you shade Julio, and we're going we've got enough other weapons to kind of kind of pick you apart, whether it's you know Gabriel or or Hooper, or, you know, Murray or, or whomever. Or, or not Murray, uh, Patrick DeMarco, their fullback. I think only had one or two, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, with a, with a guy that talented, you, you almost force it to him a little more because, you know, we saw where they went to him and he did, you know, he did win that 50-50 ball. He did win, you know, pulling that ball down with a guy on him, with a guy in close coverage, getting that toe tap. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, it seems strange that you could, you know, go into the Super Bowl and only put the ball in his hands, you know, for four receptions. So looking at Green Bay here, what what do you take out of this game, this playoff, whatever you want, big picture-wise, to that you think Green Bay's got to, you know, Green Bay's got to steal this, copy that, you know, imitate this, anything you take out of these playoffs? Well, I I definitely like what you mentioned, Bill, just kind of comparing, you know, LeGarrette Blunt and, you know, James White, or even... You know, even when they've got Deion Lewis in there, who's kind of that, that James White type, and saying, okay, you know, Green Bay can do something with, you know, having having that, that big bruiser type, you know, the LeGarrette Blunt, you know, with it, you know, kind of being the Packers Eddie Lacy, and then, you know, can you get that quick, fast guy, who I think is, you know, again, Ty Montgomery, and not, not like Ty Montgomery's a small guy, at, you know, two and a quarter, but... You know, I think he's he's got that kind of shiftiness. So, you know, I I like that. Um, again, it's it's hard not to look at Green Bay's receiving core and think that it's on paper more talented than the Patriots. You know, we, we just spent time talking about you know you know Tom Brady turning you know chicken uh, excrement in the in the chicken salad <laughs> receiving core. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's hard. It's hard to, I guess you, you felt after that Patriot loss, it, it just felt like, man, you just need two or three more corners. You need another, you need another pass rusher. I don't know if that, I don't know if that I watch the Super Bowl though and think this is something that the, the Packers can copy because I think it's just, you know, what, what the Patriots do is just that it, you know, sort of defies explanation. I mean, certainly to that it did. You wonder if, 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 you know, I know Green Bay's got their offense and McCarthy's back and all those guys are going to be back other than Tom Clements, but is there something that they can steal from New England's passing game? When you look where, like you said, with Brady making chicken salad out of chicken bleep, and you look at him, God, I mean, Nelson, Cobb, Devontae Adams, on paper, that's a, that's a better group. You'd figure, I mean, not that Rodgers hasn't been successful, but you just figure, is there something they can do from the steal some of that New England stuff and make that work? I don't I mean, maybe it just doesn't suit Rodgers' game. I don't know. I mean, I mean, certainly when you look at a guy like Edelman, you know, is a is a slot guy, and you look at, I mean, they they just, you know, again, without comparing film to film, you know, it feels like they run a lot more things underneath, a lot more crossing routes, mm-hmm. right? You know, is that? I don't know. I mean, is that? You know, is that something the the Packers look to? And, and and again, defensively, I think it's just you know they they've got an ability to 
you know, just to, to make the make the key play at the key time. I mean, you know, you look at you look at a guy like you know Devin McCourty or you know some of the guys they have up there, and, and it just makes you think. You know, what do, I think McCourty had you know five tackles tonight, and you know, I don't know, like, you know, a couple passes defense. But again, you just you need more guys that you can trust out on that island. You know, I mean, certainly, you know, Clinton Dix has has you know grown into a, a Pro Bowl second team All Pro player in his third year, and, and I don't think I don't think he's hit the ceiling yet on the type of player he can be. I mean, there, I still think there's things in his game that can get even better. I think Morgan Burnett, you know, especially down the stretch, had had kind of an underrated year, but you know, you you look around the rest of it, and, and I mean, sure, Sam Shields was out, but you know, it's having you know, having those other corners that you can just trust to, to leave out there and just and just man up and, and make plays one way or the other. Make plays. I mean, you didn't see too many t- I mean, I guess early on you did a little bit with, with Taylor Gabriel. And, you know, I would say the plays Julio Jones made was just, you know, one of the best receivers in the game making a play. But you didn't see too many times where guys are just running free through the secondary. I mean, certainly like we saw in Green Bay this year. So, I mean, you really just need guys that, that are just stickier in coverage. I mean, maybe they're not making the play, but they're always in a position where they could make the play. And, and I mean, we, we definitely, you know, whether it was, you know, the inconsistencies with Damaris Randall or, or Quentin Rollins, for that matter, or Ladarius Gunter, who, you know, if he wasn't covering OBJ, he just looked like a guy that was too slow to, to keep up with people. I mean, that's what Green Bay needs. They need... They need more guys that they can just put outside and, and leave on an island, and, and they're sticky in coverage. And I think if you're close enough, enough of the time, you're going to make more plays. Yeah, I think that's right. I decide, I'll let you. We got we got all offseason to talk draft, so we'll, we'll we'll hit on this a lot down the road. But isn't that what this has to draft has to be about? You know, you got you know four picks. You know, those first four picks. You know, two pass rushers, two corners, and and it'll be hit hit enough of those guys. And, and Randall and Rounds, one of those guys pans out and. I mean, you, you just draft in volume at those spots and hope you get hope you get some guys that work out. That has to be the plan, doesn't it? I think so. And I mean, you know, God God forbid we we go out and find somebody in a position of need. I mean, huh. <laughs> you know, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to you know devolve into into crazy talk here, knowing that uh, Ted Thompson is still the guy in charge. But when when you look at you know just the success that you see from a, a jerk could not make you say, huh? Maybe if I take a few more swings in free agency, I'll hit a few more home runs. And you're not not everyone is going to be a home run. You're gonna you're gonna fail. You're gonna overpay some guys. But I mean, you, you need to take a chance. And you know, again, you can you can look at you can look at Atlanta and you can look at New England and you can look at the guys they signed. I mean, you know, New England bringing in a I mean, certainly, certainly, Chris Long wasn't a you know a, a high price free agent, but you know they're a team that's not afraid to go out and find a guy, and they they've done it for years. You know, again, look at a Blonte, lower level free agent, but you know you can go up and down their roster and find guys that they've signed, and you know when they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they did it with uh, Darrell Rivas. So you know they find they find those second tier free agents that come in and play a vital role, which I think Green Bay does. But they go on and spend a little money too. They swing the bat and they see if they hit a home run. And if they strike out, they have the confidence that the, the next home run is coming. And that's that's just something the Packers, you know, refuse to do. I think 
That's right. It's got to be. It's got to be on defense. You have to somehow figure out a way to stop the Matt Ryan's and Tom Brady's of the world. And until their corners are good enough to do that, they're not going to be able to do it. But I'm not. Not exactly breaking news there. So, Keith. Um, I'm, I mean, imagine if you go out and find somebody and continue to draft well. You know. Yeah, that's you, right. You get, you get, you know, find a find a Jared Cook equivalent for 2017 on the defensive side of the ball, and get a couple starters in the draft and come back and be reasonably healthy. I mean, that sounds like a Super Bowl formula to me. All right, Keith. Football season's over. Man, what the hell do we do? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, it's a depressing thought. What do, what do I watch on TV for the next six months? I know. My family, my, my family keeps saying that, you know, they always, uh, you know, they, they say they don't talk to me much during football season, but then I feel like, oh, okay, now football's over, and, you know, probably... Yeah, it's it's uh, a, it's it's the worst time. It is the worst time of the year. I, I don't I don't know what to do with myself. So I guess I'll start writing about the NFL draft. Exactly, combines coming up. We'll we'll keep busy. That's right. All right, Keith, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.